Time for the Surf Pro of Champaign and Vermilion County High School Prep Football Confidential. You're on News Talk 1400 and Light Rock 97.5. Surf Pro, like it never even happened. Here are the hosts, Colin Likas and Jim Rosso. That's Colin Swayan in the News Gazette media booth. <laughs> Week 9 upon us. He's in a good mood. I didn't pick that music, but it's good music. <laughs> Evan Kahn picked that music. Evan Kahn, Tamara McDaniel, I'm Jim Rosso. That's Colin Likas. We're about done with the regular season. One week left. Hard to believe it. The Serve Pro Prep Football Confidential has gone by fast. Yeah, we've rushed. We've rushed through it, but now we're we're getting ready to talk playoffs. Uh, we we don't have a lot of teams that are on the yeah. fence at this point. So uh, really, it's more of a gearing up for playoffs. But we still got one game to play, and it's an important game for for some teams in our area, and for others, it's just a game for pride. All right, we'll go uh, into the Week Nine lineup. Colin will break down his playoff teams and his playoff aspirations he'll give us how about this this is why you listen to this show he's going to tell us who's going to win coach of the year okay and player of the year <laughs> this is uh, at least so far right the, it can okay. change that's fair this, is, this uh, is a surprise <laughs> in all honesty the all area teams that we put out in uh, just after thanksgiving a lot is determined by how a team does mm-hmm in the playoffs that is true yep it's uh, it's very important if a team is going to make a run to a state championship game uh, maybe out of nowhere even it's going to impact uh their selection or possible selection as a player of the year or their that coach's uh, uh standards as coach of the year so right. yeah jim's absolutely right about that yeah so we'll say who's the leader in the clubhouse right now all right we'll get to that oh how about that put me on the spot i gotta think well you got a few minutes we got a uh, guest from tuscola Coming into the studio, as we do, they get to sign the Wall of Fame. <laughs> That's right, very mm-hmm. cool. And we got four athletes, so it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a little little tight in here. Here's one. I, not that I don't want to hear Sean Skinner of St. Joe talk yep. about the big game at Monticello. I want to oh, yeah. hear from Heath Wilson of Villa Grove Heritage because I'm still trying to get, wrap my arms <laughs> around that fourth and fifty play. We were talking about it last week. Yeah, it's uh, it's transferred over to the next show, and it'll probably transfer over to the next one because Villa Grove is uh, in position to be playing a playoff game, and that's a big reason why at this point. All right, we'll talk to see if some of these coaches made it to the Illinois game on Saturday. Just Ooh. a stunning thing. Maybe they charged the field. Maybe they squashed the kicker themselves. We'll, uh, we'll see. <laughs> Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll get their names and numbers so James McCourt can give them a call and uh, thank him for crushing his ribs. And, of course, we'll go into the uh, top ten, which uh, not too many surprises nope. this week. No nothing, new teams, but yeah. a little bit of shuffling. Okay. So, yeah, right. got uh, to figure some stuff out, especially after, you know, uh, results like uh, Monticello losing uh, at Prairie Central last week, uh, Paxton winning at Watsika mm-hmm. last week. That's a good victory for, for Paxton. Uh, but you know a lot of uh, a lot of our teams that have been up there all season win again. Bismarck win again. Gibson City win again. Tuscola win again. Although Tuscola's game was a bit of a bit yeah. of an offensive challenge. Hundred two points. Yeah, That's it's it. uh, yeah a little bit of a little bit of a struggle there defensively. But uh, yeah, which game most intrigued you from from week eight, Jim? Well, it wasn't the uh, much anticipated Salt Fork Bismarck showdown, nope. which I thought would be a little tighter. Yes. Turned out 50 to nothing, though. I think so, uh, Bismarck is uh, first Vermilion Valley Conference title since 2015, so I think the Blue Devils have made it pretty clear that they are the class of that conference this okay. year. Okay, but you asked me for my game. I'll go. Yep. I'll stay over in Verm County. Sure. All right, Oakwood over Westfield, 34-24. The Comets, as you'll see in high school, confidential on Wednesday's News Gazette, mm-hmm. celebrated. Yeah. Like crazy. As they should have, yeah. Westville, uh, Westville was leading uh, late in the third quarter, maybe early in the fourth even. Uh, yeah, that Westville team, they're not going to the playoffs this year, but obviously uh, improved from last year's 0-9 team. Those kids have a lot of pride over there. Uh, and they gave Oakwood a heck of a game. But, yeah, Oakwood uh, needed that win. 
got that win, and uh, now they're a little more comfortable in their future, at least. Can I tell you who I'm most disappointed in? Uh, sure. Is that all right? Uh, it's okay I, for me. All right. I try to tout their progress mm-hmm. many a week, but then Urbana got shut up by Peoria Manual, of all people. 34 it's, nothing. Yeah, it's tough. It's uh, What in the world's going on across Wright Street? Yeah, that was a game that Urbana definitely could have won, especially after they beat Centennial earlier in the year, and uh, you thought uh, – you know, with uh, them losing pretty badly to Peoria Manuel last year, that Urbana might uh, come in with a little extra fire. But obviously, Manuel had it all scouted, and uh, uh, yeah, Urbana now has to play uh, Normal West in yeah. uh, in Week Nine, which is a heck of a challenge. So uh, yeah, Urbana seems to be stuck on one win for now. All right, my three big teams I'm always pulling for: Central Centennial Urbana got outscored one twenty, I think four to twenty seven. Yeah, and Champaign Central, unfortunately, could not find enough of a spark to uh, keep its playoff hopes alive, losing to that aforementioned Normal West team. So, yeah, but playoffs around here, excuse me, are going to be kind of tough to come by. I mean, uh, in Champaign County specifically, uh, you don't have a lot of teams that are playoff eligible anymore. Mm -hmm. We'll we'll break that down a little more later on in the show. All right. We're here till uh, 7 o'clock. Lovey Smith going to have a gang of fans, I would <laughs> think, at Papa Dell's at 7. I would have to think so. Brad Underwood had their Esquire rocking and rolling at 5. So this is the sandwich. Uh, this is the meat portion of that uh, <laughs> three-hour sandwich that uh, our listeners get to uh, savor every morning. Yeah, we'll certainly try to uh, try to provide that. Uh, big, since you were mentioning the Big 12, uh, it's good to mention our one uh, Big 12 team that is – doing well this season that would be the Danville Vikings they uh, picked up an important fifth win last week beat Peoria Richwoods 27 to 10 in Peoria did not allow a point in the second half in route to victory Devin Miles multiple touchdown uh, touchdowns scored again this week he continues to be a front runner for player of the year Ooh. honors I think um, maybe I don't know if he's the front runner but he's definitely like top three because he's pretty much scored all of Danville's touchdowns this year, it feels like. We got him for like three to four touchdowns a game at this point, which Worthy is pretty ridiculous. Worthy uh, got a doozy of a game against uh, Peoria Notre Dame on Yeah, Friday. that'll be a heck of a game. We'll talk more about that later on. But, uh, yeah, the big thing, the, the interesting thing for me with Danville, and this is uh, something that uh, I'll just talk about it now instead of bringing it up when we talk about the playoffs a little more later. Uh, if you're familiar at all with Illinois high school football, you might be aware that there's a teacher strike going on up in Chicago uh, it's going to be affecting, possibly affecting, some uh, teams up there, some Chicago public uh, school teams. Uh, if the strike is not absolved or resolved, I should say, by the time the playoffs start, those teams that are eligible out of the Chicago Public League are going to have to forfeit their games. And a lot of teams down here I don't think will be affected by it because it's mostly bigger schools, but Danville is obviously a bigger school playing 5A, 6A ball, probably 6A. Um, they could be affected by it. They could get a better draw in the playoffs because some of those Chicago uh, teams aren't going to be able to play because of the teacher strike, possibly. So it uh, be interesting to see where Danville falls. They're not guaranteed in yet. They have five wins, so uh, this upcoming game at Peoria Notre Dame is pretty important. All right, Saturday night is the pairings show, of yep. course. So by Sunday morning, we'll have all the game tape ready to study, see yep. what kind of matchups we got. Colin, you got a rough estimate of how many area teams going to make the cut? Yeah, I mean, uh, right now we've got, I think, 10 teams that are guaranteed in, and we got uh, another eight or nine teams that have five wins. And then, like I said, we don't have many teams on the fence at this point. We have one team that has four wins going into week nine. 
and we'll uh, we'll reveal that a little bit later on. That's certainly unusual this time of year to only have one team that is to either win or go home on in Week Nine. Usually right. we have quite a few, uh, but uh, there's still some important games in Week Nine. So uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have plenty of teams to talk about. But yeah, there's a lot of interesting uh, dynamics at play with class size. Uh, uh, Steve Susie's latest uh, bracketing uh, had Oakwood and Arthur Lovington Atwood Hammond both jumping down from Class Two A to One A, while Tuscola's literally the last or i guess the the first team in class 2a the mm. smallest team in class 2a uh, and unity actually bumped down from class 4a to 3a in the latest projections so it's mm. going to be very interesting to see where all these teams end up falling and it would definitely behoove them all to win in week sure. nine you know the coaches won't say a thing about it it doesn't no. matter what class we're in but you know they're secretly pulling man drop me down yeah yeah a, come on in general i would i would tend <laughs> to think that's probably true and uh yeah, talking about uh, teams that are uh, fighting for a playoff spot. St. Joseph Ogden is one of those teams. Going to be talking with Sean Skinner a little while here. But uh, our Jordan Wilson got to go take in uh, St. Joe's game last week against Stanford Olympia. St. Joe came out ahead, even though Braden Weaver, one of the team's big uh, leading threats, suffered uh, what what could be described as a significant injury considering he was on crutches and missed the second half of that game. Usually that's not the sign of a, a light injury or something you're taking precaution on. So uh, St. Joe battling through some adversity late in the season. All right, uh, Kyle, give me your player of the week from uh, Ooh, from last week. Or that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a tough one. Uh, I think I'm going to pick uh, one of the kids who's actually going to be in studio here uh, in about Wise 15 minutes. Move. Yeah, well, I don't think – maybe they're listening on the way over. I'm not sure. But uh, our uh, reigning all-area all baseball player of the year, Logan Tabling, accounted for more than 400 yards of offense by himself uh, as the quarterback for the Warriors, accounted for four touchdowns. So, yeah, I think uh, in a game where uh, Tuscola needed all the offense it could get, winning 54-48, to 48, I think uh, having your starting quarterback pull through with that kind of performance is uh, pretty important. Logan going to play college baseball at the next level. Uh, let's move mm-hmm. on to Coach of the Week, who gets mm. that uh, mighty prestigious honor. Let's see. Who's going to get Coach of the Week? i got to look over my list here. Uh, you know what? Hmm. I'm going to I'm gonna go ahead and say – I'm going to go ahead and say the uh, – the coaching staff from uh, Gibson City, Melvin Sibley, uh, second shutout in a row, third shutout in four weeks for Mike Allen's staff. Uh, obviously, Gibson City is hitting its stride at the right time. I think they've allowed like 38 points this season. That sounds about right. So this GCMS defense in line with what it has been the last two years. Uh, offense isn't quite as prolific as it has been the last couple of years, but still pretty good. So uh, Gibson City looking like a team to watch again in Class 2A this year. Shout out to the Falcons over the weekend. I was talking to a couple of folks from that uh, neck of the woods. Yeah. And they said when they were not so good, when they were just building their sure. program, they would go to area playoff games yeah. and see how home teams did it how they built an atmosphere whether it was the music or the introduction they said they went to unity and probably learned the most from whether the 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 dads on the field the cars revving their engines when the introductions were made and they tried to replicate that and now as we know GCMS is one of the best home field advantages around. That's right. Yeah, I think Unity is a great place to go to, for something like that. It seems like a lot of uh, coaches and uh, around the area have a Unity inspiration at some point, which makes sense considering Unity went to the playoffs 24, 25 right. years in a row until last year. Now they're they're going back again this year. Uh, one more team to give a shout-out before we go to our first break of the show, uh, Muhammad Seymour getting mm-hmm. its second consecutive win and third of the season. Uh, they traveled to Macomb, a team that uh, has had some troubles this season even more 
more so than uh, the Bulldogs have. And Muhammad picked up a 41 nothing win. So that's a quality. Uh, any victory for, for a team uh, that struggled early in the year as Muhammad did, quality victory. Uh, so, yeah, good good win for the Bulldogs there. I got the Richwoods coming to Champaign County for the Bulldogs uh, mm-hmm. season finale. Yeah, that'll be an interesting crossover, Apollo Big 12. Yeah, we'll see where the Bulldogs are in their, their uh, yeah. uh, rebound. Richwoods hasn't had a great season, but the Big 12, as we've talked about before on the show, is one of the tougher conferences in the entire, uh, in the entire area, the entire state. So, yeah, Muhammad's going to get a good test for a lot of its young kids especially. All right, enough of us. We're going to get to our guests after our first break, which is right now. Now back to the High School Prep Football Confidential, brought to you by SurfPro of Champaign and Vermilion County. SurfPro, like it never even happened. Back with the Prep Football Confidential radio show, I am Colin Likas, and we are on to our first interview segment of the pre-Week 9 edition of our show. We're jumping to the Illini Prairie Conference, where uh, it's always competitive over there as far as playoff berths go, and uh, there's one of two teams that uh, one of two teams that wants to guarantee its playoff status this week. Actually, those two teams are playing each other, and I'm glad to be joined now by the coach of one of them, St. Joseph Ogden football coach Sean Skinner. Sean, thanks so much for being part of our show this week. Thanks, Colin. Thanks for having me. Of course. Well, uh, you guys kind of, kind of, kind of needed to get the uh, the win last week against Stanford Olympia, uh, just so you're not totally leaving it up to chance as far as the playoffs go. Obviously, you want to have six wins, but you need to have at least five. So getting to five sooner is better. Uh, just tell me about the uh, the mentality going into that game against an Olympia team that I know is is improved from last year. Yeah, they really are, and we what, what we wanted to do is we, we feel like we've been playing good defensively, but offensively mm-hmm. we just had to find our identity, and we we really feel like we uh, we did that. We played very well. Um, we played clean. We only had two penalties in the game, and uh, really only one one turnover. We gen- we forced four turnovers. So just as a game, totally as a team, we played really well. Yeah, and uh, the, that offense, 41 points, uh, a lot of it done without uh, Braden Weaver, who I know suffered an injury during uh, that game. Uh, what, uh, As far as just motivation, I guess, for uh, for the rest of the guys who were still on the field, still healthy, what did the injury to one of the key leaders of the team do to, to push those guys? Well, we were really impressed with how we responded to that. Uh, he, he's the heart and soul of our team. He's our captain, uh, three-year starter at middle linebacker, and he's a weapon on offense. So we were interested to see how the kids were going to respond to it, but they, they did a great job. Uh, Sam Wesley, Drew Corsi, Peyton Kane are three guys that stand out on that defense. They just really responded. And uh, moving forward, uh, we don't need a lot of incentive. You know, you're, you're obviously playing for your your playoff life or your seeding life. Uh, but if we need some, uh, knowing that he's banged up and not going to be able to go anymore, um, you know, you're going to play a little bit harder for him. Somebody you can use on both sides of the ball, as you just said. Uh, well, what do you do now uh, with Braden uh, sidelined? Uh, how much does that change uh, game planning for you guys as you get ready for Monticello and then hopefully a playoff run? It doesn't change. Uh, I mean, obviously you lose the the guy who has called the defense the last two years, mm-hmm. but you're not going to replace him with one kid, not right now in sure. our program. So we've got a couple of guys that are going to step in there at middle linebacker. We may have to go with some – uh, defensive looks where we go with one less linebacker and an extra safety. Um, you know, Coach Glazer does a really good job of finding those matchups. So as we go through the week, we'll have a better idea 
tomorrow and Wednesday and then settle on something Thursday night. Well, I know uh, Jarrett Stevenson, somebody I saw very early on in the season, had an impressive game against St. Thomas More. I know he had to deal with a, a little bit of an injury himself, but uh, he, he seems to be back and better than ever, 134 yards on the ground against Olympia. Uh, how important uh, is Jarrett going to be down the stretch for this team, and how important will it be to, to keep him healthy for the rest of this stretch run? Well, I think it's it's imperative that we be able to run the football, and um, it, it sets up the, the the passing game a little bit better, some of the play action. Um, but it, it gives us a peace of mind knowing that we can hand him the football and he can get some hard yards, he can bop it outside. So it's nice to have him back, and you could really see he kind of caught his stride again this week. So we'll just try to continue that moving forward. Talking with St. Joseph Ogden football coach Sean Skinner, and uh, Creighton Burnett, uh, usually you don't always have to ask him to throw the ball a ton. Like you said, you guys really like to establish a ground game. But uh, when Creighton does throw the ball, it usually ends up being uh, working out for the best. What developments have you seen in Creighton as a, a quarterback, especially as this year has gone on? Well, he's starting to trust his eyes more. Hmm. Uh, some of that has to do with just getting comfortable. Uh, even though he played last year, he's starting to really believe his his eyes and what he's seeing and then he's developed a rapport you know of our of our wide receivers only one of the top five wide receivers played last year the others are a freshman and and some seniors that this is their first time out so it took a little bit of time uh, it's one thing to have a rapport in practice another thing out there on friday nights but you've seen the last two weeks he's really kind of started to get a feel for those guys and and the same goes for them so we hope to continue that too well i know you talked about uh, establishing the offense because the defense have been pretty good but the uh, the defense definitely led directly to some offense and that win over olympia i mean uh, especially now with Braden on the sideline who are some of the guys who have really uh who, who have really driven this offense and who you hope or defense i should say and who you hope will continue to drive the defense moving forward well, I think uh, a couple names that are unheralded are, mm. are Ethan Van Lu, uh as a corner. He's he's a big guy. Uh, he's got good size. He's got good speed. Uh, and then Sam Wesley and, and Drew Corsi and Xander Rikis as our outside backers. I mean, those guys all are going to have to step up and make some plays. I thought Trayvon Carr. Uh, we put him in a defensive end this week, and he did some things. And uh, then Brody Sullivan at nose guard. I, I think collectively our defense has been really, really good most of the year. One thing we ask them to do is is get back to taking the football away. Hmm. We have a very easy stat that, that that helps us understand what football is about. When we get a defensive turnover, we're five and zero. Oh. When <laughs> we don't get a defensive turnover, we're zero and three. Football is not. You know, we we joke about it all the time. It's not rocket science. The team that has the least amount of penalties and the fewest turnovers is probably going to win, uh, and that's held true most of the year for us. So uh, our defense finds a way to take the ball away, and good things usually happen. Sure, sure. And uh, I mean, outside of you know dealing with health uh, issues, as any team is at this point in the season, what's the biggest thing? Uh, offense, defense, special teams, whatever it might be. What's the biggest thing that you guys are looking to kind of button down on and, and fine tune going into week nine and then uh, hopefully going into the playoffs here? We, we've talked for two weeks now about three things. You got to play with effort, you got to do your job, and then when you get the opportunity to make a play, you have to do that. 
some of that might sound really simple and rudimentary, but it, it really comes down to that. When, when you play with effort, this sport rewards effort probably more than any sport that I know. Sure. And then you have to do your job. When, when one person out of 11 doesn't do their job, it's funny how it can break things down. Uh, last but not least is you get an opportunity to make a play you need to that could be a, a football on the ground by you it could be a, a pass that maybe is is a little bit out of your your catch radius but you still have to make an effort to do so uh maybe maybe there's a guy who's broken free and you, you've got to give 100 percent to track him down and give your defense another chance to go so that's what we're talking about and i i just felt like last friday uh, our kids really embrace that, and hopefully moving forward, we're going to do the same thing. Sure. Well, uh, this year's Week 9 game against Monticello, a little little different field than last year's. I mean, you guys were in the set. You guys had the same record this time last year, 5-3 and three, uh, hosting Monticello. But uh, Monticello last year was on its way to a state title game with an undefeated record, and this year they have the exact same record as you guys. So you guys find yourselves in the same boat. So how do you approach a game like that against a rival as both of you guys are trying to guarantee your playoff uh, status? Well, we know Coach Welter is going to have his team well prepared, and they're going to be really ready to play a good game. They probably didn't play the way they wanted to last week. Um, uh, a very un-Monticello-like game. They, mm-hmm. they had some penalties. They had a turnover that was really costly early in the game at Prairie Central. Um, and, and they still have so many athletes. Uh, so, uh, you know, the quarterback tackles is, is a phenomenal um, quarterback, not just from a passing standpoint, but he's a threat to run the football. Uh, so you better not overcommit to the pass because he'll tuck it and run. Uh, Brown running the football for them or catching the ball on the perimeter on screens. Uh, he might be the best athlete in the conference. When, when he gets the ball in space, you don't see very many people tackle him. Uh, and then all of a sudden you start worrying about those two guys and, and uh, tight end wide receiver Kerr is, is going to catch mm-hmm. the ball and he's big enough to truck you. He's fast enough to run around you. So, uh, you, you know, he's a hostile kid too. So those kids play hard. It's going to be a great environment. It's their senior night. Um, so it, it'll be a really good high school football game uh, with two groups of kids that are, are trying to get that sixth win to give themselves a little bit of breathing room on Saturday. And reality-wise, uh, it's a better matchup seating-wise uh, than five and four would be. St. Joseph Ogden football coach Sean Skinner. Sean, thanks as always for uh, sharing some knowledge on the show, and uh, good luck in week nine and moving forward after that. Well, thank you guys for having us. Of course. And uh, after this next break, Serve Pro Prep Football Confidential will be back with some guests in studio. We've got four athletes representing the Tuscola football team, so be sure to stay tuned. Welcome back to the Serve Pro of Champaign and Vermilion County High School Prep Football Confidential. Serve Pro, like it never even happened. 628 on the Serve Pro Prep Football Confidential Radio Show. I am Colin Likas, and I am joined now by a crowded room of Tuscola Warriors football players. We have Logan Tabling, Grant Hardwick, Jacob Kibler, and Caden Cradle, who wanted to go by Jamal, but we're going to call him we're going to call him Caden today. So, guys, thank you so much for joining me today on the show. And, uh, Logan, I will ask you the first question. Coming off a game in which you had uh, over 400 all-purpose yards, which you needed every bit of because there was a Shelbyville kid who had 600 and something all-purpose yards. I mean, what was that game like against Shelbyville where pretty much it was last touchdown wins, it felt like? Yeah, we had a pretty good idea that it was going to be a shootout from the beginning after the first two touchdowns back and forth. And 
defensive wise. I mean, we stopped them on the run game for the most part, and we just we'll struggled a little bit in the air. But I mean, we scored the last touchdown, so it was a positive mindset going to the locker room. Yeah, and just as far as uh, your your quarterback in this year, I know you've uh, you've been utilized both throwing the ball and running the ball. I know Jalen Quinn's gotten some reps back there at QB as well. It gives you guys a lot of different looks. How have you seen this offense develop throughout the year? I mean, I think oh, with injuries at the beginning, it was a little shaky. But now that we're starting to get people back, we're starting to make a huge stride, and we're just going to keep on building off that. Yeah. Now, Grant, uh, you guys are coming off. Uh, you started the season 2-2, two and two, had two really tough games against uh, two ranked opponents, and you guys have uh, won uh, four in a row since then. What's been the key to, to not kind of losing your, your faith in the team, losing your identity after those two losses? Uh, I think it's just knowing who we are. Mm-hmm. Um, we trust coaches' plans, and we know if we – if we execute coaches' game plans, we have a pretty good shot of winning. And um, you know, I think we believe in ourselves and our teammates. I think we trust each other. And um, so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and just uh, this is kind of tradition at Tuscal. I mean, you guys are just used to winning uh, football games. So, uh, Grant, what's it like being part of a tradition like that? And how much, how much does that help you guys when you step out on the field every night, just knowing what what Tuscola football is all about? I guess it's it's awesome to be part of a tradition like this. It's uh, something a lot of kids want to you know, want to be a part of, and we're all lucky to be a part of it. Um, you know, it's really important to this town, and uh, us football players know that um, this town cares a lot about us and the team, and uh, we try to go out and perform every Friday night. Yeah, and uh, Jacob, I know a lot of success since Coach Andy Romine has been in charge of this program, just building off the success that, that the coaches had before Coach Romine did. But uh, what is Coach Romine and the staff brought to the table for you guys, and how do they uh, help you guys to win football games? Uh, he's been a pretty successful coach for us so far. Mm-hmm. Um, he he knows what he's doing, and we all have faith in him. I mean, he's always he always comes to practice prepared, knowing exactly what what we're gonna do and the exact game plan that we're gonna go into each game. So yeah, and uh, just as far as I guess uh, the expectations that you guys uh, that he has for you guys and that you guys put on yourselves, I mean, it seems like uh, they'd probably be pretty high over there. How do you how, how do you deal with uh, with that knowledge of knowing those expectations are, are so high, and how do you guys come out and still perform as well you do as well as you do with those expectations? Um, Coach Romine always says how uh, high expectations is a, a compliment the greatest compliment someone can give you and uh we we go off that and we try and build each week on how we can improve and be better yeah now uh Caden uh, I know you play along the lines uh for this team uh what what is uh t- tell me we don't, we don't have a ton of uh, linemen who come on the show so I want to know more about your position and and what it takes to be a lineman especially in uh, the uh, the Central Illinois Conference, which has quite a few talented kids in it. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, basically, I'm a left guard, so that means either I'm in a down or I'm in a pull. Uh, it's it's pretty fun. It's it's actually like one of my favorite things about football, yeah. especially as I progress. Um, it's just I don't know. You just block. It, it's fun, <laughs> especially for my teammates. Yeah. And especially on the offensive side, since you guys just have so many different uh, weapons and those guys are going to get a lot of the attention, you know, guys like Logan, the wide receivers, and anybody who runs the ball. Uh, what, uh, How instrumental has what you guys are doing on the line been to what the offense has been able to do this year? Um, if we have a bad game, he has a bad game. <laughs> so uh, definitely it, it, it means a lot, especially after after a big run. The first thing he does is not celebrate. Uh, he comes straight up to us and gives us a pat on the head. So it means a lot, um, especially to the team. 
Yeah. Talking with uh, Logan Tabling, Jacob Kibler, Grant Hardwick, and Caden Cradle from the Tuscola <laughs> football team. And uh, Logan, uh, talking about uh, defense as well. I know you're a two-way player. A lot of the a lot of you Tuscola guys are. Uh, obviously, giving up a 48 to Shelbyville, you're looking to improve on that. But uh, what what has been the key to defensive success this year? I know that Coach Romine said before the season you guys were going to be more aggressive, especially in the secondary. How has that kind of played out? Uh, I think the biggest thing is just our run game defense has really, mm. really improved this year. I mean, we're way more aggressive. Our safeties are coming down more and such, but we're we're starting to work. We're we're getting a little from last game. People are obviously going to spread us out a little bit, sure. try to attack us in different ways. But we're really going to work on that this week. I got a good feeling, and Coach Semeni, he he knows what he's doing. He's been through this a long time, so I'm sure he can adjust to that pretty quick. Sure. Uh, Grant, I know you guys uh, have a game against Meridian in Week 9, a team that hasn't had a ton of success this year, but one you still can't overlook. Uh, what's the what's the game plan going into that game as you try to uh, improve your guys' playoff positioning a little bit more? Well, yeah, it's uh, it's the same preparation for people every week. Uh, we have a plan for everybody, and it's pretty much the same. Like We look at their defense, and Coach knows what we're going to do offensively, and uh, Coach Semeni looks at other teams' offense. He knows what we're going to do defensively. So, you know, our coaches do a really good job of preparing us. And um, as us players, we watch film as well. You know, we we watch film of what the other team does and sure. uh, um, what they like to do and uh, what plays they like to run. So as us players and coaches, we look at that real carefully and sure. uh, we prepare off of that. Sure. And, uh, Jacob, uh, Tos- I don't know if this is something you guys really talk about in the locker room, but Toscola is always right on that line of going to Class 2A or Class 1A postseason. Uh, you don't really know where you're going to end up until kind of uh, the play- playoff pairings are released. Uh, well, how do you guys prepare, I guess, for maybe a, a shifting competition in the playoffs, not knowing necessarily whether you're going 1A or 2A? Is that something you really even talk about all that much? Um, of course, we talk about it like a little bit as players in the locker room, but really it doesn't really matter as much to us. I mean, either way, there's going to be good competition. Um, we just got to, whichever one we end up in, we just got to um, prepare and uh, keep going, make it to the next round as best we can. Sure. And, Caden, uh, I know you guys are trying to get the taste out of your mouths from last year's loss to, to Maroa in the uh, quarterfinal round of the playoffs. Uh, what, what What is it going to take for this team to make an even deeper run into the postseason, and do you guys feel like you have that in the tank this year? Um, yeah, I feel like we always do. Mm-hmm. I've never I've never came into a season thinking this isn't going to be a long one. Mm-hmm. So um, I think we can make a – pretty far stretch uh i don't want to you know jinx anything or say <laughs> sure. anything like that try to brag but um we've got a, a better group of gra- uh, guys than most people think we do sure and any one of you guys can answer this uh although i don't know if i if you want to give bulletin board material to anyone is there any one team you guys would really want to face in the postseason <laughs> I, I think it's whoever we face we're going to give our guest game yeah and uh if we end up matching up with somebody that you might think I mean, there's a bitter taste in our minds, but we're going to get after it. Very good. Tuscola football uh, sending out some reps this week. Appreciate Coach Andy Romine sending these four guys out. And, uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll talk some more Central Illinois football after the break, as well as talking to Villa Grove Heritage football coach Heath Wilson. Uh, be sure to stay tuned. Serve Pro Prep Football Confidential. They said it was fun, which hopefully it's fun. It's supposed to be. Maybe a little nervous. Signed our wall of fame, which is filling up yeah we don't have much more room well we don't have we're gonna lose a lot of teams here soon so it's gonna limit our our pool of talent that we can bring in moving forward nine weeks of in the studio guests love it yep all over the mostly champaign county we just just expanded to douglas county 
kids these days, I'm, I'll tell anybody I bump into are better than we were, Colin. How's that? They're just more mature. They're more. It's true. I'd be a nervous wreck. Oh yeah, yeah, and yeah, I never had any radio opportunities like this when I was growing up. But granted, I didn't play football either. That right. usually helps a little bit. Next stop, uh, basketball players in here for the winter, right? They'll be just as good. Well, uh, let's uh, before we have our final guest of the show, uh, Villa Grove Heritage coach Heath Wilson, who, as Jim correctly pointed out during the break, is a Unity graduate. So uh, another playoff tie in there. We are going to discuss local playoff situations a little bit more. Uh, guaranteed teams that are in. That means they have six or seven wins right now. We don't have any uh, 11-man football teams with a perfect 8-0 record at this point. All 6-2 and or 7-1. and one. Uh, Tuscola just had four of those athletes in here. They are guaranteed to make the playoffs this year. Uh, Gibson City, Melvin Sibley, your two-time reigning Class 2A state champion. Uh, Fisher, Unity, Prairie Central, Argenta Oriana, Arcola, Paxton Buckley-Loda, Bismarck Henning, Rossville Alvin, and Oakwood. Fine bunch of teams. Fine yeah. bunch. Good teams right there. A lot of I see a lot of teams in there that could surprise even with mm. uh, a seed that might not be as good and possibly make a playoff run. Here's what we don't have, Colin, this year, like we've said. Mm -hmm. You don't have that team that just screams state title winner. Yeah, it's uh, not quite. Um, I think maybe. Gibson City, Melvin Sibley by default kind of gets that maybe the closest to that nod just because they're a reigning two-time champ and they've looked so good of late. Mm -hmm. uh, lost to a field crest team that's still ranked in the state, so... Uh, yeah, I would say that's your clubhouse leader at this point. Uh, teams that are qualified, they got five wins, but they really need a win in week eight, uh, nine to make sure that they are guaranteed a spot in the playoffs. Uh, Danville, Clinton, uh, Monticello, St. Joseph Ogden, Villa Grove Heritage, Arthur Lovington, Atwood Hammond, Watsika, and Salt Fork. Uh, St. Joe and uh, Monticello are going to be playing each other this week, and Villa Grove and Arthur are playing each other this week. So... Two of those teams are going to be stuck at five wins, and two of those teams are going to be guaranteed at six wins, and the rest of them, uh, we'll see what happens. Great to see those two rivals, Monticello St. Joe, going out with such stakes uh, so high. Yeah, last year it wasn't quite there. St. Joe already had five wins, and Monticello was just rolling uh, right. unabated. So, yeah, it was definitely a different vibe last year. And then they ended up having to play each other in week one of the playoffs to boot. Yeah, uh, We have literally one team that is on the playoff bubble right now as far as four wins is concerned. That is the Tri-County Titans. They need a win this week to get into the postseason or at least to, to have a chance to get into the postseason. Tri-County visits. Uh, it's Sarah Gorda Bement, one of our teams that is out of the playoff running. Uh, along with the Broncos out of the playoff running from our area, you got the Muhammad Seymour Bulldogs, you got Champaign Central, Centennial, Urbana, Sullivan, Leroy, Ridgeview, St. Thomas More, Rantoul, Blue Ridge, Iroquois West, Westville, Georgetown Ridge Farm, and Hoopston Armstrong. All of those teams are playing for pride this week. Perhaps the most interesting game among the uh, quote-unquote playing for pride group, the Coal Bucket game. Uh, Georgetown Ridge Farm against Westville. They're moving it to a Saturday this year. It's a Saturday at 2 p.m. because of uh, something I wrote about earlier this year, officials issues. Uh, the crew that they had for Friday night retired, and they couldn't find another crew to That's work crazy. a Friday night game. So they had to move the the uh, long-time Friday night staple of the coal bucket game to a Saturday afternoon. Crazy. That so, long list, you know who's happy about those 15 teams you just rattled off? Who's that? Basketball coaches. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a good point. They'll get those kids in the in the gym a lot faster. Basketball season is going to be starting before you know it. That's crazy to think about. But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, game game of the week for this upcoming week, uh, Monticello and St. Joe going to be in Monticello. I think that's a, that's a game to watch. I think Villa Grove against Arthur is another game to watch this week. 
Um, and uh, Danville against Peoria Richwoods. That game is in Danville, I think, or Peoria Notre Dame. I'm sorry. I think I said earlier that game was in Peoria. That game is in Danville this week. Well, you know Notre my team Dame. of destiny. It's Villagrove Heritage, right? Yeah. Uh, again, no one's going to uh, mess with what uh, they're doing after that play. After that, after that play. And uh, uh, Heath Wilson definitely knows what that play is, and we're glad to bring him into the uh, studio now. Heath, thanks for uh, being part of our show this week. Oh, thanks for having me. Well, uh, we got to talk about it, even though uh, we're now we're now more than a week removed from uh, that that play against uh, Cumberland, uh, fourth and fifty, and somehow you guys end up in the end zone with less than ten seconds to play. Take me through what happened. Yeah, it was uh, you know it was kind of misinformed. It was fourth and it was fourth and and twelve with uh, oh no in the game. So sorry to. Sorry to get you all upset about well, that. Well, fourth and twelve is still important. <laughs> but we had to go sixty-six yards in twenty seconds. So, oh, okay. Uh, but uh, it was it was a big fourth down for us. Um, you know, we had our backup QB in, and um, you know, we we called trips left, and hmm. you don't see it too often. But I don't know why he did it. Trips left, and for some reason, he rolled to the short side of the field and uh, and uh, threw threw a great ball and on stride and hit uh, Keegan Patterson and. Uh, you know the rest and the rest is history basically and, uh, it was just one of those plays where you know we, we were up late in the game and we just got the ball back with three minutes left and we we're up 10 to 7 and all of a sudden our center snapped it over our quarterback's head and gave it right back so uh it was a definitely an ex- exciting game and uh definitely we'll, we will take it yeah and i mean uh, considering that you guys are at five wins right now you have a, a definitely a challenge of a game uh, in week nine against Arthur Lovington at Hammond, a team in the same boat as you guys. I mean, how how can you describe how important that play might be to your guys' season and your guys' playoff hopes? Oh, definitely it was play of the play of the year for us for sure, and it definitely could it'd be a lot of play of the year for a lot of uh, stations and stuff uh, that they saw it. I mean, we didn't get it real well on films, but uh, mm-hmm. it was huge. I mean, it, we we could be sitting four and four and. And having you know, a, a, we're all, we got a tough game Friday anyway, but uh, it was big for us to get that win. Um, you know, all year long our conference is this heavy loaded, and every week anybody can beat anybody. So um, it was definitely a huge play for us, and especially with a, a backup quarterback in that we have all the trust in the world. And he came in and he acted like a senior. So uh, it was uh, it was a huge win for us. That um, so it's, it's nice to see where we're at right now. Well, uh, you're no longer really a new coach at Villagro Heritage at this point. You've established the, your your uh, presence there with that program, uh, and you also got the background of, of Unity, a team with a rich playoff history in itself. Uh, but how have you seen the uh, Villagro Heritage program form in, in your image, and how have you seen things kind of uh, play out since you've taken over the program? Yeah, um, you know, just being from the area itself, you know, playing at Colono and, and, um, and, and just kind of, coming back home pretty much in the area. Um, you know, I think, you know, our year two, our goal is definitely, you know, it's a, it's a playoff school where you want to get to. You were either expected to get to the playoffs. Um, you know, we, we play one of the, I feel one of the tougher schedules around with, you know, Tuscola and our call in our conference with loaded Argena and, uh, you know, Tri-County and, and Cumberland for sure. So there's, there's so much tradition now in this conference and, and um, you know, getting into the playoffs is a big deal where, you know, where we, you know we expect to be at so um you know i think it's it's going in the, it's great 
great to be back home and it's only year two and and the kids are the kids are what makes the program what it is is um, buying into the system and you know this year we have 19 seniors on the on the team so we're, we're definitely senior heavy but we do have quite a few younger guys that are that are uh, contributing and um, the future looks bright too Talking with Villagrove Heritage football coach Heath Wilson, and uh, I know when I was over uh, over there during the preseason, I talk, excuse me, I talked with some of your running backs. Uh, but it seems like on pretty much a weekly basis, uh, when we're doing these these write ups on Friday nights, uh, it seems like we're talking about the Blake Smith to Eric Sorensen connection, uh, quarterback to wide receiver. Uh, how has that uh, duo been so potent and so hard to stop for opponents? Yeah, Eric, uh, receiver Eric and, and Blake. Blake's basically a, a quarterback that can get him with his legs or his arm. Sure. Um, he's one of our faster, faster players. And uh, we have a playmaker that is really under the radar, and Eric is just making a play. I mean, he catches a lot of touchdowns, um, and he's probably one of the one of the best athletes on the field every given night, and as, as well as Blake. So that combination is definitely fun to watch. You know, we try to get Eric the ball when we can, and, and we have trust in Blake to basically – Big, make big plays with his legs. So um, it's only that's nice that Blake's only a junior and he and he has another year as well. Um, so definitely those two duos is one of the should be one of the best duos around that you can get him the ball and and Ira can just make plays with his legs. Well, you guys are coming off a uh, defensive shutout as well of Decatur Lutheran, and I know uh, uh, Decatur Lutheran's had a bit of a tough year, but it's never easy to get a, a shutout in high school football. Is what we always say on this program. Uh, who are some of the guys who are helping the defense ride high into Week Nine? Um, it's nice to have uh, nice to have Chase Burwell back from injury. He missed a couple, three or four games there in the middle of the season. Um, you know, um, Zayson Price, our middle linebacker, is definitely a, that definitely a playmaker that can stop the run at any given time. And up front, you have uh, Clayton Kinnear, which is a senior, uh, had a great game the other night that uh, had a, quite a few uh, got in the back to a quite a bit of disrupting the handoff. So, um, you know. A lot of guys, definitely different guys that are contributing all over the field, and it's uh, it's nice to have. Well, uh, also you t- with linebackers, you got sorry, you got linebackers. Big uh, Dad didn't play last year with uh, Logan Norin uh, coming come helping out this year. Didn't play last year. He's definitely a contributor, as well as Carson Howard as well. Well, uh, you talked uh, earlier on about the Lincoln Prairie Conference and how challenging it is. I mean, you guys beat Cumberland on that last second play. Uh, Cumberland uh, beat Arcola earlier in the year. So like you said, uh, it's it's wide open. And Arcola, I mean, beat Argenta in week one. And now Argenta's leading the conference. I mean, just uh, how well do you feel like this conference is preparing you guys for a potential postseason run here? Yeah, I mean, it's like I said, you know, a lot of people don't give this conference enough credit. Um, it's one of the tougher conferences you look at. I think there could possibly be five to six teams that make the playoffs mm-hmm. in our conference, and and people say you can't have that. Well, it just you know that's unreal. Like, well, it just tells you how com- um, competitive this conference is. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, you know, every week's a dogfight. Every week's a dogfight, and uh, and at any given time, anybody can beat anybody. So you know, with this conference the way it is, it's uh, definitely a Definitely every week is uh, definitely a, a, a dogfight. Well, I remember uh, last year when we were talking week nine against Arthur. I know Arthur was out of the playoff hunt at that point, but I remember the game against Villagrove Heritage being quite a competitive one uh, coming down to the wire. And obviously there's a lot at stake uh, this year with both teams at five wins. So how are you guys approaching that matchup? Oh, we're definitely not looking past it. I mean, it's nice that, you know, I'm pretty sure we're in with, at, with five wins for our playoff points, but definitely we want to get that sixth win. 
and uh, you know get a better playoff um, seating. So and they're doing the same thing. So it's definitely one of you know in my mind it's one of the game of the weeks in the area uh, for sure um, that we're going to be uh, definitely not looking over these guys and they're they're well coached too. Well, uh, you you are local guys. We talked about coming out of Tolono, so uh, I'm sure you've watched the University of Illinois football program for quite some time around here. Did you get to see Saturday's game? And if so, how'd you feel about the way that one went? Oh, it was uh, yes. I didn't get to see the game, and and my son rushed the field after the game <laughs> and uh, got one of the one of the players is I believe number eighty six uh, that scored the first touchdown in the, the game. Got his uh, he gave him his uh, game jersey or not his jersey, sorry, his gloves. Okay, and uh, he brought he brought to school today, and my son was riding high with uh, with that guy giving him his gloves, and uh, it was definitely uh, one of the best wins I've seen um, Illinois have in a long time, and. I think it's just great things to come. That's what it's all about right there, uh, helping out the, the youth, getting them uh, to love football, really. But uh, talking with uh, Heath Wilson, Villagrove Heritage football coach, Heath, thanks again for taking the time. And, uh, yeah, good luck this week against Arthur and moving forward into the playoffs. I appreciate it. Thank you. I think that would be Donnie Navarro would be the one who scored the first touchdown, right? Yep. Love uh, hearing those stories of uh, kids charging the field, yeah. right? I mean, they haven't had – I wrote about it in my prep balls today about Monticello Athletic Director Dan Sheehan's right. kid, a 10-year-old uh, Connor. He, he's he been going to games since he was literally in a crib at tailgates, right. and he hasn't had much to celebrate, especially at Memorial Stadium. Illinois hasn't won very many mm-hmm. football games let alone big football games. I mean, you think about the one, the, the most recent big game they won that everybody was talking about, Ohio State. That was 2007. A lot of these young kids weren't born at that point. It wasn't long ago when 70,000 would routinely show up to Memorial Stadium before it got uh, redone. Yeah. And uh, it was uh, maybe my generation got spoiled a little bit by those big crowds sure. and that great atmosphere and those positive results. So uh, there's a whole another set of kids Waiting for that to, to experience that, and that's, Colin. And it's really good for the high school football scene eventually because those kids who grew up watching Illinois do a big thing, you know, there's six local kids, right. former local standouts on that field who, uh, play, whether or not they actually played big minutes, they still played a part right. in Illinois winning that game. I mean, if you go look at the pictures of James McCourt celebrating the win, you can see Danville product Caleb Griffin mm-hmm. right there uh, hugging yeah. him. Uh, or trying to revive him, possibly. <laughs> I'm not really sure what uh, what it might be, but uh, yeah, that's yeah, it's perfect for uh, breeding high school football in this area. I think uh, a win like that. All right, in tomorrow's news gazette, you're going to read Colin Likas's top ten, which is uh, much anticipated each week. But tell you what, we're going to spill the beans right now. We have to, really. I mean, that's kind of what we predicate this this show on is revealing the top ten. And like we said at the top, if you were listening, no uh, no new teams this week, but we do have some shuffling because uh, there was one uh, all top ten game last week that uh, resulted in a need for a shift. So let's jump into it. Our number ten team this week, uh, no change, the Fisher Bunnies. Fisher is six and two. What happened to that soundbite we played to me last week, ma- making random hitting noises? Uh, Bunnies uh, defeated Ridgeview Lexington last week to uh, guarantee their playoff spot with six wins. They've won three in a row, and Fisher hosts Leroy with a chance to make it four in a row. Our number nine team actually down one spot this week, though not because of anything they did wrong. The Arcola Purple Riders. Purple Riders are six and two. They uh, slipped past Blue Ridge to guarantee their playoff spot last week. Uh, Arcola visits Decatur Lutheran to close the regular season. Our number eight team taking a, a bit of a tumble this week down five spots, the Monticello, or three spots, the Monticello Sages. 
Sages are 5 and 3, still looking for that sixth win to get into the playoffs for sure. Monticello was uh, beaten down by Prairie Central last week in Fairbury. Uh, trying to secure that playoff bid is Monticello by hosting St. Joseph Ogden in week 9. And our number 7 team up two spots this week as a result of beating Monticello, the Prairie Central Hawks. Hawks are now 6-2. and two. They scored 59 points against Monticello to uh, make sure that they will be included in the playoffs. Uh, played in Class 4A last year, went to Murfreesboro, and nearly won a first-round game, so they'll try to improve on that. Uh, Prairie Central tries to improve its playoff position as well uh, against St. Thomas Moore in Week 9. And our number 6 team up one spot this week, the Paxton Buckley Loda Panthers. Panthers are 6-2, and two, earned a good win over Watsika, former top 10 team, in uh, week 8 to ensure their own postseason inclusion. Uh, Paxton Buckley Loda continues Sangamon Valley Conference play by uh, facing Dwight in week 9. And our number 5 team up one spot this week, the Danville Vikings. Vikings are 5-3, and three, became playoff eligible after uh, taking down Peoria Richwoods on the road. They're going to face another Peoria team in week 9, though in Danville it's Peoria Notre Dame. And our number four team, no movement this week, the Tuscola Warriors. Warriors are 6-2. and two. Uh, They took an offensive slugfest with Shelbyville 54-48, to as we talked about earlier in the show. Uh, Tuscola is looking for its fifth Central Illinois Conference win when they face Meridian this week. To get nice and healthy, they can take it easy this week and be good for the playoffs. That's All I'm right. sure that's what Andy Roman would you. like. Uh, our number three team, again, no change in the rankings, Bismarck, Henning, Rossville, Alvin, Blue Devils. Blue Devils are 7-1. They won 50 to nothing against Salt Fork in Week 8. They are going to leave Vermilion Valley Conference action after winning the conference title. They travel to a tough Seneca team in Week 9. Real quick, Snapchat takeover Friday at Salt Fork. Oh. Home finale for the Storm. Nice. Against Oakwood. That'll be a good game. Our number 2 team, no movement this week, the Unity Rockets. Rockets are 7-1. and one. They overwhelmed Rantoul for a 7th straight victory. They're looking for number 8 when they go to a uh, tough Bloomington Central Catholic team. And our number 1 team once again this week, the Gibson City Melvin Sibley Falcons. Falcons posted their second consecutive shutout and third in four games when they beat El Paso Gridley in Week 8. They will visit Deer Creek Mackinac for Week 9. All right, in your Sunday News Gazette, be sure to pick it up. We'll have all the pairings uh, for all the teams around the state. And by Monday, we should have game time. Sometimes the coaches yep. release them Saturday night. Sometimes they wait and have to call the other team. Yeah, they usually figure them out sometimes Sunday uh, after a little bit of discussion. But uh, yeah. our Friday and Saturday, mostly Saturday, are sure to be busy. And we're looking forward to hopefully a, a bunch of good matchups and hopefully not all just area team against area team. All right, one of the most exciting weekends of the year, Selection Saturday night. Hear from Colin Likas uh, then and hear from him next week. Sounds good. See you, Colin. That'll put a bow on this week's episode of the Serve Pro Champagne and Vermilion County High School Prep Football Confidential. We'll be back next week to preview the playoffs, look back at the last week of the regular season, all that fun stuff ahead of the Coach Lovey Smith Show, which, com- which is coming up next here on News Talk 1400 WDWS Champaign-Urbana and Light Rock 97.5 WHMS Champaign-Urbana. We'll send it down to Brian Barnhart at Papa Dells, and we'll talk to you next week.